Hey there, I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. This is season two of Fresh Invest, the investing podcast sponsored by Fidelity Investments and powered by Morning Brew. Today, we're talking about options, a financial instrument that you've probably heard of, but you may not be entirely sure how they work. Today's conversation will fill in any of those gaps. I'm excited about this topic because talking about options is a great way to review investing basics, which you can never do too often, while exploring an asset class that's really unique. Options are contracts that mean the holder can, but is not required to buy or sell a certain amount of an underlying asset. Because of that structure, the fact that an option is an asset that's tethered to another asset, they fall under the umbrella of derivatives. Options are often used to do things like hedging, speculating, diversifying, and of course, plain old generating income. They're also sometimes used as a tool to help manage risk, another concept that's pretty central to the whole idea of investing. So let's dive in with our guest from Fidelity, Greg Stevens. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Alex. Excited to be here. So let's just start with uh, some basics. Could you introduce yourself and explain what you do at Fidelity? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm Greg Stevens. You know, I've been at Fidelity for over 15 years and in the industry, hard to say this, but for over 25 now. Uh, wow. Yeah. Prior to Fidelity, I spent some time at the CBOE or the Chicago Board Options Exchange, obviously located in Chicago. But at Fidelity, I work within our independent investing group as a team or a squad leader for the options experience. Awesome. Well, I actually passed the CBOE last month when I was in Chicago. So just to get us started on options, could you briefly explain what they are and the benefits they can offer to investors? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, you mentioned this you know, early on, but options are contracts. They give buyers rights, sellers obligations to either buy or sell the underlying security at a specific price over a specific period of time. Buyers pay a premium for that right. Sellers receive the premium to take on that obligation. I think the most important thing options do is give investors choices. With stocks, you can only do a couple of things, right? Buy it, sell it, or short it. With options, you can customize the strategy to take advantage of many different forecasts. You can be bullish, bearish, or neutral, and there's an option strategy for you. You also mentioned generating income, speculation, or even hedging. So I think the most important thing is options give choices. Love it. So yeah, it sounds like options offer a level of flexibility of choice that potentially other assets don't. So what are the most common reasons from an investor's perspective that they choose to incorporate options within their portfolio? Well, I mean, there are many reasons why investors choose to incorporate options, but I think, you know, there are two common ones, investing in income. First, you know, let's talk investing or as some would call it speculation. While options let an investor for a fraction of the cost use options to invest in their bullish, bearish, or neutral market forecast. For example, an investor may like a stock trading at around $100, but they don't have, say, $10,000 to buy 100 shares of the stock. They could, however, you know, buy a call option, which typically represents 100 shares for a fraction of that cost. Now they can use options to trade their bullish forecast. On the other side, let's talk about income. A common strategy used by investors you know, is the cover call strategy. This involves selling a call against stock you own. Investors use this strategy to help generate income or to help improve their overall stock returns you know, when the stock is, you know, say for example, in a holding pattern. So you know, I'm sure this sounds great to our listeners, you know, but there are trade-offs, right? With both strategies, you must have a very defined forecast for price, time, and volatility. 
with price, you know, where is it going up or down for time? You know, when is the price movement you know, going to happen because options do expire? And with volatility, you know, is there any event uh, or an increase in risk, you know, that I need to plan for? I guess, you know, my point in bringing you know, this up is that investors need to plan for both getting in and getting out. But yeah, these are the, the two most common strategies. Love it. So we had speculation, we had income generation, and then there's option strategies that allow you to hopefully accomplish either of those strategies. Let's talk about just the proliferation of options as an investment strategy and as an investment tool. You know, per CBOE Global Markets, nine of the 10 most active call option trading days in history have occurred this year. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think, you know, one of the primary reasons is, you know, awareness that options even exist as an investment, you know, access to those market through brokers and most importantly, education. But I tell you what, let's focus on two of those three, awareness and education. I mean, 10 years ago, and well, actually, you know, what I would say is that not even that long ago, most investors thought an option was either adding chicken or steak to a salad, <laughs> right? But, you know, through social media, through education, uh, through what brokers, you know, have to offer, options have gained a broader awareness. I mean, tune into any related news channel, and it's hard to go 15 minutes without someone mentioning options or having a dedicated segment, you know, on options. So awareness has, you know, been a big part of driving the popularity of the product. You know, options no longer enjoy anonymity for sure. But for me, it really boils down to education, education, and education. It's been the biggest driver of the popularity of options. I mean, Alex, I mean, how likely are you to trade or put your hard-earned money in something that you don't understand? My guess, not very likely. Nope. So, you know, Fidelity, one of our most popular option classes is the basics of options. And we offer this class most every month. It's also helped to dispel myths like, you know, options are only for gamblers or very sophisticated active traders or, you know, that options are just too risky for the average investor. While, you know, this may be you know, how some have viewed or even or used them in the past, you know, I think through education, we've been able to dispel myths like these. But to me, you know, education, you know, is the primary reason that, you know, options have grown in popularity. Yeah, I think that's a huge point that you make, which is just like making options more approachable has allowed for them to become more mainstream because, you know, even speaking from experience, I remember as I got into sales and trading at Morgan Stanley prior to my career with the Morning Brew, in our training, we did an options course. And I went into that thinking like, I'm going to have no idea what's going on. And I was a, you know, pretty sophisticated uh, investor just given what my career was going to be. But then when we went through it and I realized like, this actually isn't that complex for whatever reason is it has this feeling of being wildly daunting. So I think it's a huge point that you bring up. So now that we're talking about how investors incorporate options in their portfolio, why there's been this proliferation, would you suggest that investors think about options exposure differently than how they think about stocks in their portfolio? Well, I mean, I'll answer it this way. Yes and no. So if you have any other questions, we can... But you know, I, I guess when I say yes and no, let me explain a little bit. I mean, with stocks, you can buy and hold. You know, I believe the stock is going up. And since I own it, I can hold it for as long as I want. Now, that's a very simplistic view of stock trading because investors, you know, in stocks, you know, we use fundamental and technical analysis, among other tools, you know, to determine their strategy. But with options, and this is why, you know, it's a little bit of the no, but with options, you know, that is a starting point. You must have a three-part forecast. Number one, for the stock. Are you bullish, bearish, or neutral? What's your price target, you know, for the stock? Number two is really timing. When is the price target for the stock? going to happen. You know, options expire. 
and actually, let me say that again, options expire. With stock, you can hold the stock, you know, for an indefinite period of time. But with options, yeah, you must have a time frame. And then finally, number three, volatility. And what I mean by that is there are any foreseen or unforeseen events that can impact the outcome of your option trade. You know, volatility plays a big part in your forecast and is important for option traders, you know, to understand. So thinking about them differently, yes, because there's a three-part forecast, and no, because you're still involved with the stock. So that's why I say yes or no. Love it. So one last question, actually from one of our listeners. What role did options trading play in the notorious GameStop frenzy that happened earlier this year? Yeah, I think uh, you'd have to go far and wide for someone not to have uh, heard about GameStop <laughs> at this point, right? So yes, I mean, options played a part in GameStop volatility. Investors used them to participate in, in GME in a number of different ways. Buying calls that they thought it was going up, buying puts that they thought it was going down, among other you know, option strategies. I mean, to try and keep you know this explanation simple, I will say this. You know, options are derivatives. You mentioned this early on, and they derive their price from the relationship you know to the stock's price amongst you know some other variables. So while option investors were just using the options to participate in the volatility, market makers on the options exchange, you know, when selling to a buyer a call option, they would use you know stock buying or selling it to mitigate you know their risk for taking on the opposite side of that transaction. So one could say that options trading also drove some stock trading you know, in that as well as, you know, while market makers were trying to hedge. So, you know, and I'll say this in closing, I mean, that options, you know, played a part in a frenzy, but obviously they weren't the only factor. Would you mind just explaining one more time mm -hmm. the way that um, market makers reacted to GME traders buying options? I just want to make sure it's clear to listeners. Yeah, I mean, so market makers aren't interested in where the stock is going. They want to hedge or manage, you know, the risk of, you know, buying and selling, you know, options and making, you know, two-sided markets. So they will use the underlying stock in order to hedge or to mitigate, you know, risk of if I'm the buyer of a call option, well, someone has to sell that option to me. Well, if a market maker sold me that option, they may go in in order to mitigate, you know, the upside risk to this and buy an equal number of shares in order to mitigate, you know, their upside risk, yep. you know, on this. And so they will use stock, you know, going back and forth, buying and selling it without ever, you know, trying to keep that neutral market position for themselves. Got it. So just to make sure I understand this example, mm -hmm. if a market maker was say selling a bunch of call options to people who were buying call options for GME, since the market maker really isn't interested in taking on the risk of potentially GameStop's price going up. Right they would effectively, if they were selling a lot of call options, buy GameStop stock today so that they don't potentially have to buy it at a higher price in the future when those call options end up getting exercised. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, so the market maker just wants to be neutral yep. on everything. You know, they don't want to have uh, either a bullish or bearish position, at least the majority of times. Got it. This has been an awesome introduction to options. Greg, thanks so much for joining the show. Thanks, Alex. And you know, thanks for having me. To everyone listening, thank you so much for, again, listening to Fresh Invest. I really enjoyed this conversation. To me, options are a super essential part of the markets for an amateur investor to understand. If you don't know at least the basics, you can miss out big time. I was also interested to hear that options are growing in popularity among both individual and institutional investors. I wonder if there's something about this broad democratization of finance we keep hearing so much about that's making options more attractive to people. Maybe once they were exclusive to big, professionally managed funds, 
But now anyone who can do some internet research or can listen to a great investing podcast can acquire the tools to explore options. Thanks again for listening and make sure to tune in next week. We'll take today's option discussion and explain how you can apply the lessons to your portfolio in real life. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey everyone, this is Erica Gunn from Morning Brew. And as the producer of Fresh Invest, I'm here to let you know that options trading entails significant risk and is not appropriate for all investors. Certain complex option strategies carry additional risk. Before trading options, contact Fidelity Investments by calling 1-800-544-5115 to receive a copy of the characteristics and risks of standardized options. Supporting documentation for any claims, if applicable, will be furnished upon request. This podcast was created on behalf of Fidelity Investments by the Morning Brew Creative Studio and does not reflect the opinions or point of view of the Morning Brew editorial team. Sources are provided for informational and reference purposes only. They are not an endorsement of Fidelity Investments or Fidelity Investments products. And on their side, Fidelity is the paid sponsor of this podcast, which includes providing Fidelity personnel for interviews and publications with Morning Brew Studios on content development. Fidelity and Morning Brew are independent entities. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer of solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The views and opinions expressed by the speaker are his or her own as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions, and Fidelity disclaims any responsibility to update such views. These views should not be relied on as investment advice, and because investment decisions are based on numerous factors, may not be relied on as an indication of trading intent on behalf of Fidelity or any Fidelity products. Neither Fidelity nor the Fidelity speaker can be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss occurred by applying any of the information offered. Please consult your tax or financial advisor for additional information concerning your specific situation. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal, non-commercial use and may contain copyrighted works of FMR LLC, which are protected by law. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. Fidelity and the Fidelity Investments and Pyramid Design logo are registered service marks of FMR LLC. Copyright 2021 FMR LLC. All rights reserved. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC. Member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. See you next time.